calling all conscious achievers who are seeking more community and connection, I've got an invitation for you. Join me at this year's Summit of Greatness this September 7th through 9th in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio to unleash your true greatness. This is the one time a year that I gather the greatness community together in person for a powerful transformative weekend. People come from all over the world and you can expect to hear from inspiring speakers like Inky Johnson, Jaspreet Singh, Vanessa Van Edwards, Jen Sincero, and many more. You'll also be able to dance your heart out to live music, get your body moving with group workouts, and connect with others at our evening socials. So if you're ready to learn, heal, and grow alongside other incredible individuals in the greatness community, then you can learn more at lewishouse.com slash summit 2023. Make sure to grab your ticket, invite your friends, and I'll see you there. The physical appearance of that uh, laziness, of that dullness, of that heaviness, it's apparent. But why is it there? You are not creating any identity of yours in order to harm. If this is what your initial intention is, then I think the penalty will come. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off, off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business you can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks 
weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. What was your biggest weakness that you had to overcome as you started to grow up, you know, studying martial arts, living in the modern world, and then becoming, you know, a teacher, a student in the, the temple? What was the biggest inner enemy that you faced and overcame or you're still in the practice of overcoming? It seriously is still the five hindrances uh-huh. because it is just something common. Yeah. You know? So, for example, one of the next hindrances is laziness. Yes. Very easily. The lack of energy. Meaning you have great ideas, you have great plans, all of this, but the spark to put you under mm. fire is just not there. Why do so many people lack the spark? to act, to launch, to build momentum, to be consistent? Why do so many people lack that energy, desire, and stay lazy or dull? I think it's a combination of the way of life people have lived before and the lack of vision, what lies in front of them. So both of these things. Yeah, so what I mean by that is not always it's just like a, let's say the physical appearance of that uh, laziness of that dullness of that heaviness it's apparent but why is it there and this has so many different variations now when you look into the past it can really be because of the food that you're eating mm-hmm. because the lack of movement that you're having because of your habits whatever type of habits it is that caused you to now end up in that body, which is at the moment pretty inefficient. Yes. Uh, to generate fire. You know, I have to say, uh, sometimes in my, in my spare time, I, I like to build engines. Really? Yeah, I build engines. I, I build race engines. Uh-huh. And there for me, if I look at it, I really like that similarity. You want that engine to perform well. One of the things that then normally needs to be optimized is number one, airflow, the intake, and then also the amount of the air that gets in there, Mm. the quality of it. That's why on the engine we filter it. So, but now it comes to us. What are you breathing in? How is it with your lung capacity? How much of your lung capacity are you able to really use? How clean are you inside of it? Mm. Because what is it eventually that with that oxygen that we are taking in, what is it that you are burning and try to make into energy? There are a lot of things that you can eat and try to burn, but the quality of this energy is very little. There is other food, they have a very, very high amount of energy once you burn them. So that means, of course, these things, that diet has an effect also on the dullness of the body. Mm-hmm. 
This is the one thing. Yeah. And now looking into the future, well, if you are expecting fast results, this is, you know, if looking out into the world, what comes fast goes fast. And especially something that is changing the status quo of your life, your lifestyle, let's say. Something that is changing it too quickly. It is like, let's just say, uh, you know, at the moment I visit you, I, I see you like this. In one month I come back and you might have 30 kilograms more. On muscles. Mm -hmm. I know whatever you did, it was not good. It was too fast. <laughs> yeah. Because all these quick changes, mm. also when we look outside sometimes, I mean, let's just take the, the earthquake or the tsunamis or a lightning strike, anything like this, the natural forces. Yeah, they don't tell you one month before that they are coming. The problem is when they come, they very often have this destructive character. Mm. Not always, but often. And when it comes now to creating our way of life, when it comes to the, the transformation of ourselves, at least in my worldview, I take this into consideration, meaning I don't even expect myself to make huge jumps um, quickly. To, to make quickly. Yeah, quickly. Yeah. Because I just feel like, okay, that might just not be sustainable, That might not just be something that um, is helpful on the long run. And therefore, to take pressure away from you, mm -hmm. make small steps. Yeah. And this is what I mean by how far is your view on your future vision of what you want to achieve there. How far should we be thinking out in terms of our vision or our mission? Is it based on the season of life we're in? You know, if we're 18 years old and we're going to school, we should just be thinking out, you know, the next four years. Or should we be thinking out five, 10, 20 years? Because so much can change so quickly in life and situations. And okay. I can only talk about myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I have to say, I'm a dreamer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a dreamer and a visionist. A visionaire. Probably. I don't know how you call it. Mm -hmm. Visionary. Visionary. My, dream, my way of seeing this world where I'm embedding in is super huge. Mm. That's why, of course, you can always say, yeah, but this is just your imagination. Yeah. Yes. Which is your most powerful source. Your ability to put something into your own mind where nobody else has <clears throat> impact on. And only you know that day in, day out, you just still walk this path and feel for yourself mm. how it's getting real because it's unbroken, <clears throat> because there's nobody who can interfere. It's all small things. And probably I can just say that maybe to try it out. Okay, of course, you should not like dream too big, which is like unrealistic, let's say mm -hmm. like this. Of course not. But a vision that there is something you can bring out about yourself that this world has not seen yet. Mm. 
this is something which is quite appealing to me and is therefore also something that I also, let's say, um, continuously practice and keep on the mind. And now comes the but. Whatever vision and dream you have on upon yourself, that you are projecting upon yourself, I do think that you need to have at the same time a commitment. Mm. And first of all, for example, the commitment and what are you going to do with that identity of yours if you're going to get there? So you mean a commitment of like the daily actions you're going to take that you're committed to or once mm. you're there, what are you going to do with it? The commitment now very clearly you are creating because you want to help. Mm, to serve. Yes. To help others. Yes. Yeah. You are not creating any identity of yours in order to harm. Mm. Because I think if this is what your initial intention is, then I think um, the penalty will come. What if your, your intention is to only serve yourself? Is to look good, to make money for you, to get famous for you, to buy things for you because you want to be successful. But you're not including doing it in the service of other people as well. What happens when it's only about me? You might reach it in this lifetime. But if you bring this one to, the, to an end, or if you continuously go there, not and in my vision, not only in this lifetime. Yeah? Yes. You're going to be lonely. Mm -hmm. You're going to have everything you want. You're going to have everything that blinks. You have all the reputation. It's all great. Everything you ever dreamt of, you have it. What you don't have is something that gives you real stability. Mm. Something that gives you real value in this life. What is that? I think it is something that can't be taken off from you. I think it is the, it is the connection to other fellows. It's a connection to people, to humans, to animals, to this world, and ultimately the connection of this life. And what happens with this person if he only lives this way of life, he's going to repeat himself. Mm. Repeat, why repeat? Or what do I mean by repeating? No, now I jump a little bit, but sometimes this life seems to me is like a video game. Mm. And if you're at level one and continuously fail at level one, you're never going to move up to level two and, and get into touch with the next challenges of life. So if somebody is still stuck on the material level of wanting this and that, so really materialistic. So this is really the basic plane. This is a very, very basic plane. This is like level one. Sometimes it's necessary. You need to have it first. Mm -hmm. And then your relationship towards these things starts to shift. And suddenly you find yourself that 
now it's not these things anymore that start to matter to you. Now suddenly, since you're in level two, now you're starting to ask yourself, okay, now it's not material things anymore, but I love my wife, I love my husband, I love my children, I love my dog, I love the jobs, I love my employees, but they are getting sick, they are starting mm. to die away. This is now starting in level two to trouble you. Mm. So now it's the time, figure out a way, how do you walk through this lifetime, figuring out these challenges of life that our ancestors lost people. Our future generations are going to lose beloved people. It's nothing new. How do you learn despite the fact of that is existing? How can you still find something about yourself to still keep going, stay strong and still keep going and supporting and helping despite yeah. of these things. And then maybe level two, you manage to find a way for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be exposed to the next type of challenges that this life is giving to you. So what I'm talking about is that I'm not sure if life is getting easier. Mm. I just think that you are becoming more mature. You are becoming more skillful in order to tackle the challenges of life. Mm -hmm. I think this is what ultimately, for me at least, seems to me like this. Yeah, it's... It's learning to become a better leader for yourself. It's developing these skills, overcoming the challenges so that, I think I heard you say, like life doesn't get easier, you just get stronger. And you can manage it with more peace and grace as these challenges and, and pains come to you, right? When do you think is the easiest time in life? When you're younger or when you're older? When you're younger. Out of just the fact that you have not learned yet and have not been exposed yet to all of these adult ideas of what you are supposed to do with your life. How do you, how do you manage the level that you're at now? I'm not sure what, what level you're in in the video game. Is it level seven or 28 right now for you? But how do you manage this level where you're stepping into new seasons, new decade, you know, of the material number of the world you're in the new the platform that you're building around the world globally how do you step into that um and master it i think uh, before we talked about it already mm -hmm. a little bit that within the last three years four years uh i could really witness in a way how like these type of teachings or let's say my name was really spread out into the world and more and more people starting to also participate in listening to what is it that uh, is being shared out, for example. And at the same time, I can also feel that everything I have to say, everything that I like shared, the reason why I could share all of these things is because the first 35 years before that, I was not the talker at all. There couldn't be any more quiet person than me. 
Yeah, so I was really very, yes. Until when? When did you start using your voice? Uh, I think it happened in the moment where people asked me to explain what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then I just said, "Look, I'm I'm not just doing like my punch. This is not punching for me." So in the martial art, for example. Mm -hmm. I started to explain, for example, the punch is not just for me something, let's say, physical. It has also something to do, what are you doing to prepare inside of you before you throw out that punch? Because if you throw out something, if something moves outwards, mm. the question for me is, where does it get in? Because if you throw out punches, 500 punches every day, you just throw them out. Where do you get the energy from? to throw 500 things out. And now different ways how you can express it. But for me, coming from this field of martial arts, where the yin yang symbol does matter and also does matter why it is around. Mm. Means for me, I started to explain. If you want to throw a punch, there are different ways how to throw it. If you have a lot of mess already on yourself, you probably can just use uh, straight line movements. No issue at all. But if you look at me, small Asian, <laughs> I have to compensate for the lack of mass somehow. Mm. And therefore, I need to use another method. I need to use different methods to compensate for the lack of mass that I have mm. in comparison to other people. So, and suddenly out of a question, how do you punch? Starts the talking discussion. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I think this is where the beginning lies, where then people found it interesting mm. that apparently there's a high, whole philosophy just behind like a punch. And I said, yes. How did you, I can re resonate with the fact that, you know, you were shy most of your life, right? You didn't, you didn't speak that much up. You didn't use your voice as much. You were more introverted with your voice. Is that correct? Yes. So... How did you have the confidence and learn that skill of confidence to use your voice when you really didn't use it that much beforehand? Were you fearful? Were you nervous? Were you afraid? Or how did you step into that? I just had to laugh right now. <laughs> because I just imagine in my mind, there were very often, also now in school time already, of course, my... my uh, my friends, they were standing in the break time, everybody having discussions. And I was always quiet. Yeah. But internally, <laughs> I could already like feel like I knew what I would say if I would open my mouth. But it's just that I didn't. Why not? Because ultimately, I just thought that it's, it's, it's pointless. <laughs> um, it's pointless because right. sometimes, just sometimes the topics are just... Right. It's superficial the, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't bring benefit to, it, yeah. to, to anything. Yeah, It's just meaning maybe that you are like uh, profiling yourself, but mm. that was it. Yeah, So that's why I kept it for myself. But internally observing people, watching, just listening, inside of me the language was always speaking. Mm -hmm. I always knew like what would be my answer if somebody speak to me like sure, this. Sure, sure. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And so ultimately, I really think it was for me not difficult at all to then, when I was asked to just let it out. Say it, yeah. Because I already had it inside. Mm. I just had to, let's say, allow my, my mouth to speak it out. So what I'm hearing you say is linked, also linked co uh, confidence to intention. Mm -hmm. Some people say link it to the effort, mm -hmm. right? Like the effort that you show up, mm -hmm. that you just keep showing up. And others talk about the results. Yep. Should we be thinking about it? There's two, I have a whole, I, have the, I call it the holy trilogy in the book of, of self-confidence. What but, is this? But I've, I've, the, the confidence trilogy is faith, have confidence. So if you're a person of faith, no matter what you believe in, uh -huh. it's amazing to me how people that believe in energy, quantum energy, or they believe in, they're a Christian like me, and I believe in both, by the way. Yeah. But whatever their, their faith is, that uh, they have it on Sunday, they have it at Bible study, or they have it when they get together with their friends or when they meditate, but somehow when they walk into a business meeting, they, they're alone. Mm. So why are you alone then, but you're not alone these other times? So I'm never alone. So that's number one. Number two is my intention, and third is my associations change my confidence. But here's the biggie. If you don't have self-confidence, here's what you have. You have a really bad reputation with yourself. Yes. You have built a habit of not keeping the promises you make to yourself. We've all heard this before, mm -hmm. but there's a level. I have a book, chapter in the book called One More Standard. Here's how I built what I would call almost superhuman confidence in spite of my insecurity. Think about that. Superhuman confidence in spite of my insecurity. And it's exactly what you just said. It's an effort play. If you don't have self-confidence, you've never kept the promises you make to yourself. 
check that box. If you have self-confidence, you've started to keep the promises you make mm-hmm. to yourself. If you want to have superhuman self-confidence, you keep the promises you make to yourself and one more. So if I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out, I'm going to do 10 reps in the gym, I do one more. Wow. If I'm going to do 45 minutes on the treadmill, I do one more. If I want to make 10 contacts in a day, I do that and one more. If I'm going to tell my daughter I love her every day, I'm going to do that and one more. Wow. And so that higher standard, because in life, we don't get our goals, we get our standards long term. And so if your standard is one more, starts what starts to happen is you go, I'm willing to do things other people aren't willing to do. And I combine that, that I have great faith, great associations, and I intend to help people. This is a formula to mm. build wonderful self-confidence and never lack humility when you have it. So when did you learn this one more mindset? Was this from your dad or the aunt or was this? It's from my dad. So we talked about this yeah. you know, a little bit earlier, but my dad had these couple theories he would always say to me. And so one was when he got sober, he gave it one more try. He was gonna stay sober one day at a time. And then my dad, I, there's no dreaming in my house. There's no like, my jet, you know, I've had, I've been blessing like multiple airplanes, right, in my life. My jet was in almost walking distance of my dad's house. He's never been on any of them. Wow. And I would say to my dad, I would say, hey, let's go, go play golf in Maui. Let's go. There's these great golf courses in the ocean. And my dad would say, well, why would I go all the way to Maui to play golf with my favorite person, my son, when we can play here in Chino? It's not about there. I want to be with my son. So this, my family had none of that stuff. But my dad knew I was a dreamer. And my dad would always say, you know, I was one decision away from changing my life the whole time. One choice. And he'd say, Eddie, you're not as far away from these dreams as you think you are. And I'd say, really, Dad? And he'd go, no, you're actually a lot closer than you think. But because you think it's so far away, you behave in accordance with that belief system, and it always keeps it that far away from you. So how how do we bring our dreams closer to us? The the first thing is, that's a great question, the first thing is you need to believe and know that your one decision, one relationship, one meeting, one book, one thought, one something away from a completely different life. And when you know that, when you, then you begin to look for them. Mm-hmm. And so in the second chapter of the book, I have a thing in the book called the matrix. And your matrix is your reticular activating system in your brain. It's the filter for your entire life. Okay. And this filter reveals to you the world that's in front of you. Again, an example of it is, I just, I like what Musk is doing. Mm-hmm. So I just bought a Tesla. I drove it here today. I got a Tesla too. Though. You do? Model X or what do you got? I there? got a Plaid. Okay, wow. Get a plaid. It's a good one. Nice. And so I bought this plaid, and all of a sudden, man, everywhere I go, there's Teslas. Do you see them everywhere. Oh, They're yeah. everywhere. I'm like, whoa, oh, I see them everywhere. Another one. Three lanes over, other side Teslas. of the road. Freaking Tesla. This is crazy. They were always there. Yeah. Why didn't I see them before? Because they weren't part of my RAS. So the key thing I teach you in the book, how to slow down time and create the matrix of your life, when you make the Teslas of your life, those relationships, those meetings, those thoughts, those encounters. You can very easily do this, but there's a process of repeated visualization you do that's not complicated. It's chapter two of the book, and it will shift you. The other component, too, I have a chapter in the book called Become an Impossibility Thinker and a Possibility Achiever. Here's how most people's frameworks. They don't have an RAS program. They're not intentional, so they keep getting. If the things most important to you are your worries, fears, anxieties, problems, bills, you will continue to have people, places, and things revealed to you that confirm it. And if you operate out of your memory and your history, if this is your pattern, your framework, you will continue to find those things. You need to learn to operate out of your imagination and your dreams. This is a different framework for life. Imagination is different than dreaming. Imagination causes you to create dreams and thoughts that never happen. When you imagine something, you create a space. Once you have a thought, this is powerful. When you have a thought, 
you create a space that did not exist in the world before you had that thought. Uh -huh. And that space is now exists. And the way your brain works and your life works and the universe works is it tries to furnish that space, whether it's a negative or a positive thought. It starts to hear things it wouldn't hear. That's why like when you're in a crowded room and they say, Lewis, you can hear Lewis auditorily over all the noise. Why? It's in your RAS. That's why you see the Tesla. Okay, so it, the key thing is being able to operate out of this imagination. Why is imagination so important? When you were a child, three, four, five years old, you were probably happier than you are right now. Why? Two reasons. A, you were closer to God. You had just been with God more recently. And two, you operated out of your imagination. You didn't operate out of a history and a memory because you didn't have one. And slowly over time, by the time you were 10, 11, 12 years old, loving people installed their limiting thoughts and beliefs, their software into you. Because most things in life are caught, not taught. You catch them. Wow. And so now you're starting to operate out of history and memory and you repeat it and your RES begins to see the things that reinforce that history and memory. And so you basically have the same life over and over again with a different cast of characters in a different environment but the same emotions. You have the same emotional home. My dad used to say to me, Every call, bro, till the day I, he died and I'm 50 years old, he, blah, 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 whatever we're talking about, last thing he would always say to me, be careful. Be careful. What the heck? And I go, be careful with what? I don't know. I never knew. <laughs> but what is that programming from the time you're eight right, years old? Be yeah. careful. Hey, go to Watch school. Out. Be careful. So with that, it operated out of this fear thing, right? All of that. I need to be careful. I need to be careful. But don't make this risk. Don't take that business decision. Don't start a podcast. Don't get on that stage and speak. Don't do this. Don't do that. You say that to an already unconfident, insecure person. He meant it lovingly. By the time I'm 50, worth hundreds of millions of dollars, be careful. He didn't even know he was saying it to me. But what was he doing? He was installing, God bless him, his limiting beliefs into me as a little boy. So a lot of these things that you believe you were defenseless when you started to believe them. They were installed in you by loving people who were around you. Right. And even though your life may look differently, your emotional home, the four, five, six emotions you experience pretty regularly, might be really familiar from your parents, one or two of them, mm -hmm. right? And so you need to look at your emotional home. What's your most powerful emotion and the emotion that you wish you could let go of? Love is the most powerful emotion in the world. I'll, we will all do everything for love. If there were more love in the world, the way we treat one another, the way we express our thoughts, you know, you'll do anything for love, right? So love is by far my most powerful emotion. It's like, like I love you. And like when I just saw you, we didn't just like people, we didn't just hug for like one second. Yeah. And you do this better than I, I do. I hold people, I make it uncomfortable because I just want to hug and love on people. But it's not uncomfortable, bro. <laughs> right, right. Because the reason you're so successful is you truly do love people. Yeah. And you come from that place. Mm -hmm. And I know we're bigger dudes and like, like that's a beautiful expression of a man. A real man is capable of real love. Yeah. That's the sign of real strength. So that's the most powerful one. And then for me, I know the emotion that I wish I didn't have. It's chaos. Really? I. How often do you experience chaos? The less emotion? because I'm aware of it. But I'm going to tell you all the time till about five years ago, even when we first met. Why? I used to, I used to even say this, man, I operate great under chaos. Man, you should see me operate under chaos. Most people can't handle chaos. Right. I'm calm under pressure. Well, the reason for that was I grew up in an alcoholic home. So I'm very familiar with chaos. It became a very familiar emotion. And what we do is we gravitate towards the familiar emotions in our life, even if they're not ones that serve us. And I don't think there's negative or positive emotions. I say this in the book. There just are. Yes. Fear isn't negative. It Fear in abundance is negative. But some fear, being afraid to do this podcast, to some extent, causes us to prepare. Mm -hmm. So a dose of it, it, it was given to us in the caveman days, so T-Rex didn't need us, right? Sure, so sure. some fear is good. Some anxiety is okay. 
Some frustration, some anger is appropriate. It's to the dosage level. And we get these four or five of them. For me, some chaos is okay. It's fun. It's exciting. It's exhilarating, right? But getting it every day, every week, every month, all the time. And so how do you get rid of it? Well, one way you get rid of it is just be awareness. When you have an awareness of a thought, it loses its impact and power over you. It almost becomes like this. I'll do it. I'm like, I'm doing it again, aren't I? I'm doing the chaos thing. <laughs> Everything's great right now. Yeah, yeah. All the houses are paid off. My uh, kids are happy. Married to a great woman. Got great friends. I'm doing the chaos thing again, aren't I? You dummy. You're doing it again. <laughs> and it kind of loses its power over you. So I have a chapter in the book called One More Emotion and how to take an inventory of the emotions you have. And so, yeah, man, mine's definitely love. And the one I don't want is chaos. Because chaos causes me to act out of anger and frustration. It can depress me. And your intentions are not going to be as, uh, I guess. It's pure. It's a gateway emotion. Mm -hmm. Chaos is my gateway emotion to the ones I don't want. Chaos gives me stress. Chaos gives me anger. Chaos gives me frustration. Chaos gives me fear. So it's a gateway emotion. What is the result when you create from that space of chaos? It's funny. I have been, I have found the ability to externally create something pretty productive. Right. But stay with me on this. But the process in getting there is destructive. The process in getting there is not beautiful. And I used to think and a lot of successful like forcing people, your way to get the results. Almost through force. Yeah. You know? And the and I still do it sometimes. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of a situation this week where I did it. And I used to think, well that's a superpower though because I've created all these external Look what I made. Look, look what, what I did. did. Yeah. And I'm doing it because of that. The truth is I did it in spite of it. I believe uh, self-doubt is one of the biggest killers to anyone's dreams. Yeah. So how does someone develop self-confidence and sustain it with the ever-going changes and stresses and uncertainties that always come up? Yeah. Once you reach a certain level, there's a new uncertainty. No. So I I think it's ironic that we call it self-confidence because I don't, for one, think it comes from the inside. I think our self-confidence comes from the outside. Right? You mean that's the wrong way of going about it, or you think that's where it comes from in general? Uh, the, the, we are being misdirected by the name. When we say build your self-confidence, that's, the instruction is saying go inside. Look inside oneself. Mm-hmm. But I think, that's, I, think that's a, I think that's a false direction. Children aren't born self-confident. Their confidence is built from their parents mm. and their friends and their teachers where they're rewarded when they do well and they're um, pushed when they fail, when they can do better. Simply, you know, we know this, that simply telling kids that they're great all the time actually doesn't build self-confidence, mm-hmm. actually does the, t- the total opposite, right? right? Um, and I, for one, I can tell you, my, in my own experience, my own self-confidence um, uh, 100% comes from the relationships that I have. Um, it's not some deep internal fortitude, you know. Uh, a world famous trapeze artist is not going to f- uh, uh, try a brand new death-defying act for the first time without a net. So, it's the people in my life. Um, it's it's when when I do doubt myself mm. that somebody says, "You got this." When somebody says, "I believe in you," when somebody says. No matter what happens, whether it succeeds or fails, I'm going to be by your side. Oh, that's that's when I have the confidence to do difficult things. Wow! Right? I don't have some natural battery that I that, that just <laughs> right. You know that that to me is bravado. Yeah. I don't know if that's self confidence. You know, you know, 
being a huge risk taker is not an indication of self-confidence to me. You know, jumping out of a plane and jumping out of a plane with a parachute are two different things, right? Right. right. Um, um, to me, self-confidence is measured, and there should be a degree of of, of doubt. Um, but but I, I think true self-confidence, belief in oneself and belief in one's cause, you know, I could not do the things that I'm doing, and I would not have the strength um, to have made the sacrifices that I've made or continue mm-hmm. to wake up on a daily basis to drive to spread this message um, if I were alone. Mm. And so when we talk about building one's self-confidence, I think the mistake that we make is that we look inside. I think the reality is when we try to build our self-confidence, we should be looking to our friends. We should be nursing our relationships. Mm. When I'm looking to build my self-confidence, the question is, who around me do I need to take care of? Mm. You know, the, w- w- the way we build our self-confidence is by helping somebody else build theirs. Right. It's an act of, we will build our confidence with an act of service. So I, I'll tell you a true, a true story. So I did an experiment. I love doing experiments in my own life. Yeah, me too. You know, I have mad I thoughts. It. I'm like, well, let's try, <laughs> let's, let's, try, try. <laughs> let's try this one out. So I have a very dear friend who has stuck with me through thick and thin, who she is absolutely profoundly one of the reasons that I am who I am today, right? And I have my confidence in large part because of her, wow, okay. right? She's one of a, a small group of people who I, I look at and say, mm-hmm, yep, yep, good yeah, friend, right? Yeah. She was struggling, mm. like seriously struggling. Oh, let me take a step back. Um, so uh, we decided that we were going to. Uh, um, she look. She was she was struggling. She goes. Through, she was going through some hard, hard things in her life. Career wasn't going the way she wanted. Her personal relationship mm-hmm. was struggling. There was a there was a lot of rough. She was lacking confidence. There was a lot of rough. Yeah. She was lacking confidence. Yeah. And um, we would get together on a regular basis and. I would attempt to coach her, uh-huh. you know, and she'd feel great for the hour after she left me, and then it would very quickly go back to normal, right. and we'd get back together, and I would coach her, and she felt great for the hour after she left me, and then it would go back to normal, and I wouldn't, I can't say that there was some profound change being made in her life, mm-hmm. so I had her brain idea. I went to her, and I said, I need your help. I said, I'm struggling. I don't have a coach that I that I love and trust. Mm. You've known me for years. I trust you with, you know, with everything. Um, I feel unbelievably safe around you. I can you put together a program, and can you coach me? I think you're good at it. And I, it wasn't reciprocal. It was an I'll coach you, you coach me. I said, mm-hmm. it's just I want, I, I need your help because right. I'm struggling. It was legit. It wasn't like I was just making stuff yeah, up. You were stressed. It was, it was legit. <laughs> I need, I could do with the help, and I, yeah. and I trusted her to help me. And something profound started to happen. Over the course of just a few weeks, it wasn't even a few months, but over the course of a few weeks, she started to gain way more confidence. Mm. Her career started to really move in a more positive direction. Her relationship firmed up. Um, and the more that she was in service to, to me, the more that she grew herself. Wow. So I think self-confidence, I, I wish we didn't call it self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I, because like I said, I think it gives a false direction. Uh, the way we build confidence um, uh, is with, you know, con means with, doesn't it? Mm, uh, interesting. Uh, so I, I have no idea the, That's ed- the etymology of confidence. That's interesting. Just making stuff up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but con means with. The the. I mean to confide. 
Let's look this up because fidelity, f- yeah. you know, f- is is something to do with truth. So, so confide, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, look it up with the etymology of con- look up the etymology of confidence. You know, it's it's to to confide is is to is two people like a conspiracy is a, is a co-whisper. That's what conspiracy is, a co-whisper. So confidence is it's co-fidelity. Right. What is so? I, let's on. see. Let's see if the instinct is is matched uh, by the etymology of the word, and which if it isn't, uh, I'm still okay with it. Yeah. You. you look, what do you give? What, what does it say? Uh, so it comes from uh, late Middle English. Confident translations, origins, and meaning. Here we go. On late etymology dictionaries. Gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> um, where does the word come from? It's about trust or reliance. Mm-hmm. But what's the actual etymology of the word? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and waste everybody's yeah, we time. Can look it up. <laughs> but it comes from uh, comfidre. Uh, and fidre means to trust. Mm. To trust yourself or trust so, other people. So or... come, what does come mean? Uh, uh, it means with. <laughs> with. It means with trust. Wow. It could be with trust with yourself. I think it's been, mis- I, that's my point. I think it's been, mm. I think it's like a conspiracy required... A conspiracy ah. requires two people. You cannot have a conspiracy with one person. Mm. It, it's a co-whispering. Mm. You know, you commit the crime of conspiracy when you tell someone something, mm. and and you're both in on it. Right. So I think confi- confidelity, con, uh, confidence is the same thing. I think it's I think it's at least two people who undertake the task of 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 trust and reliance. So she was coaching you, and you saw a change with over a few weeks of her her confidence built and her. Her, her belief in herself. Her belief in herself grew when she was in service to helping me. Yeah. Uh, to helping me, and so and so, the, goes back to the root of the question: How do you build your self confidence, mm-hmm. or how do you overcome self doubt? How do you ha- overcome self doubt? Help someone else overcome self doubt. I love that. I love you that. Overcome self doubt by helping. Like, and it's not a selfish thing. I'm only helping you so I can. Mm-hmm. You have to genuinely love and commit to the person, this person that you're helping. You have to genuinely care about their success and their confidence and and and, and their lot in life. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah. so true. Everything comes back to service. It's and, and like I said, it goes back to the origins of humankind, right? Which is which is we are naturally tribal animals, and we are we are we actually are at our best when we are in service to each other in a cause greater than ourselves. And the more we focus on what we're lacking, what we don't have, what's not working for us, the challenges we're going through, the more doubt we're going to have. Correct. When we're inwardly focused on what we don't have. Oh, I wish we'd had this conversation about. Eight months ago, because I would have written half the stuff in the book. Because, because well, I'm writing a book on because, self-doubt right now. Well, because this is because this is this is what the infinite mindset is all about. Mm-hmm. A finite mindset is win-win-win, be number one, be the best. Me, me, me. Right? Win-win-win, meaning win at all costs, not win-win. Correct. Not win dash win. Win win. It's win comma win comma win. Because the infinite game is you win, I win, the world wins. Mm-hmm. Right? We all win. <clears throat> Humanity wins. Right. It's a whirlwind. That's it's not. It's not win win. Right. So so right. So um, we are um, we are players in infinite games every day of our lives, whether we like it or not. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there's no such thing as uh, being number one in marriage. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. 
assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Like, good luck with that. Right. You know? yeah, that's not going to work. Um, uh, there's, no, there's no one who's declared the winner of life. Like, we come, we go. Like, right. if you make more money than somebody else, you're not the winner of life. Someday you just die and you don't take it with you. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's no such thing as winning business or winning global politics. But if we listen to too many leaders, they talk about being number one, being the best, and beating their competition. Yeah, this, no, was, this was me in my entire life. Yeah, it's a lot Until of people. Until like six, seven years well, ago you, when I learned well, that you, that doesn't work anymore. And you're an Olympian. Well, I haven't made the Olympics, but I'm on the Olympic handball team, yes. On the national team. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're at the highest <laughs> yes, levels yes. Of, of athletics. Yes. And you know this from spending time with athletes, yeah. which is individual athletes. I know. It's all about right? Where winning. team athletes mm. tend to be a lot healthier. Yeah. So like individual athletes, when they reach the top of their game, Michael Phelps, Andre Agassi, mm -hmm. they become the greatest in the world. The next thing that happens to them is depression, yeah. right? Yeah. Where as team athletes, you win the World Series, you win the Super Bowl, it doesn't, like, deep depression is yeah. not the next thing that happens. Some because, people maybe, but not in but general. Yeah. Not in general. And, the, the, you know, Olympic athletes are such a unique, and I talked to a bunch of yeah. them for this Especially book. Especially the gymnasts who are, like, 16, you have a billion people watching you, you win the gold medal. Yeah. Now what? And it is one of the most selfish, finite pursuits. Yes. Because the entire pursuit is, I'm going to be number one. The and gold they, medal. Right, and they all say the same thing. I want to win the Olympics. Yeah. Well, you don't actually win the Olympics. You win Your one event. event. Yeah. You know? But they all say the same thing. I'm going to win the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and then they say nonsense like, you know, you don't want to inspire all the little children. <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> right, right. Not a single one of them on their vision boards has pictures of little children overcoming adversity. <laughs> you know, they have pictures of them standing on podiums, holding, you know, holding medals, holding up yeah. trophies, or the vision boards. It's entirely a selfish pursuit, yes. right? And any inspiration to little kids is just a lucky strike extra that's really good for the press conference, right? Right. right? But not a single one of them is waking up doing it for the kids. Right. I drag myself out of bed, I'm running in the rain, I miss Thanksgiving, for the kids. <laughs> Didn't happen. Never on any right, planet. Right. right? It was for me. Right. Right? And so there's this, you know, whether they whether they medal or not, when they when they're done, even if they were medalists, yeah. when they're done with the Olympics and their ability to pursue they spent their entire lives from their childhood to adulthood mm-hmm. striving to be number one. You know, and let's be honest, they're not the best. They're just better than everybody else that day. That day. Which is really funny to me. Right? Which is you can get a gold medal in pick and pick a sport, ice skating, right. and you fell in your routine. But if everybody else fell twice, you're the best. You're the best. Yeah. You're the winner. But you're not. You're just better than everybody else in the competition because it's finite. Yeah. And finite has known players, fixed rules, and agreed upon objectives. It's only the players. But it's not life. And there's an imbalance. Yes, finite games are very important. Yeah. Finite games and finite objectives are essential in an infinite game. Right, but there, but the infinite game is the context yeah. for those finite games. I need to excel or or be the best here, in order to X, right, and recognize that this is not the end all be all. The analogy for living with an infinite mindset is not about winning, right? The better analogy mm. is is exercise, right? Um, so how do you how do you how do you be a healthy person? Well, you have to eat well, you have to sleep get enough sleep, you have to nurse your personal relationships, and you have to exercise. If you do some of those things, you'll be healthier than doing none of those things, right. but you kind of have to do them all, mm-hmm. right? Living an infinite mindset is the same thing. There's a series of practices. Do some, you'll be better than none, but you kind of have to do them all, right? right? <clears throat> and the way the finite mindset uh, uh, fits into it is, I want to get into shape. I've been sitting on the couch for most of my life watching TV. I'm going to get into shape. And I have a fitness goal, a finite goal that I can easily measure, my weight. I can look on a scale and I can measure the progress. And I've made the goal that I'm going to lose this amount of weight by this date. And so I commit to a healthy lifestyle. I eat better, I exercise more, I'm getting more sleep, and I'm watching the weight fall off. And I miss my goal. I don't lose the amount of weight that I wanted to lose by the date. That time, yeah. So what? (laughs) Yeah. You're still healthier, and you're on your pro- on your you're on the road to being healthier. And I can see for a fact that you absolutely will hit the goal later on. And even if you hit the goal, the problem is you can't stop exercising. Mm-hmm. You have to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's what an infinite mindset is. An infinite mindset is more like a lifestyle, which is yes, absolutely. Having finite goals is very important. We are absolutely driven by goals. We like measuring things. It is much easier to get into the lifestyle of exercise and the habit of it if I have metrics. Look at the insanity of, of Fitbits and yeah, things like that, which overdone yeah. is actually unhealthy and has yeah. adverse. Obsessiveness, yeah. But we'll talk, you know, it's not, a, not the That's subject. Nice but the book. point is it's helping people get up and have a healthier lifestyle. We like measuring stuff. Yeah. It's just a, it's a human thing, right? But, but it's not about winning. It's not about actually, it's not actually about the goal. The goal, goals and, and metrics are simply a way to help us measure speed and distance. I've lost this amount of weight over this amount of time, right? 
you cannot run a marathon without mile markers. It's unnerving. Mm-hmm. The mile markers <laughs> help me measure how far, like how far I've far gone, going, yeah. how far I've gone, and how fast have I gone. Yeah. And the metrics we have at work <clears throat> help us measure how far we're moving and how fast we're moving towards a vision that is, for all practical purposes, unrealizable. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the infinite game. There's a context. And so when we beat ourselves up because we miss an arbitrary number by an arbitrary date, but the question is, are we building a healthy organization? Mm -hmm. And I would rather organizations do all the right things to build a healthy organization, even if they miss arbitrary dates. One of my favorite stories is Gary Ridge from WD40. WD40 is a public company. Huge company. It's a decent sized company, which is kind of incredible because it's basically it's just one, oil. Basically it's just one oil. product. It's, like it's basically one grease. product. It's you know, it's very sophisticated lubricant that yeah. was actually made for the for the space program. But by the way, we talked about you know fancy food and their offices for they just moved into a new office recently. Their old offices were a dump. Really? And yet the morale through the roof. Why is that? People love work because it was never about the office. It was oh, about the people. Wow. It's never about the office. It was about the people. Right? Anyway, they have a lovely new office now, but it's still about the people. That's why I said before, it's you know, is it the food? Well, it depends on the on the company. Anyway, he was on one of his uh, uh, quarterly analyst calls, and hit, one of the analysts said, uh, "You missed your numbers." And Gary said, "No, I didn't. I missed yours. Mine are mine are fine." Wow. Right. And that's the point, which is we. There's nothing wrong with having metrics and goals. Those are very important to human beings. But to what end? What are we serving bigger than ourselves, right? So my analogy is like, a, an, is like an iceberg, right? So um, we know that the majority of an iceberg lies underneath the water. So when there's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of the iceberg sitting above the ocean, right? It's the visionary who can see beneath the ocean. Mm. It's the visionary who, set, who stands there and, and even though no, everybody sees a tiny or nothing, they can see nothing. The visionary is able to explain what exists mm. in their imagination only. Okay? It only exists in their imagination. Oh, yeah. and, and they inspire a few people to join them because like, that's, yes, we can do that. And they start working and a little bit of the iceberg shows. And a few people go, oh, it's going to work. And so they commit to joining the movement or the company and a little more of the iceberg shows, right? And before too long, enough of the iceberg shows that people can go, this is a real thing. You're not insane and crazy. What you're doing is actually in reality. But the thing is, the vast majority of the iceberg still exists under the ocean. And so what the visionary does is constantly remind us where we're going and how much more we have to do. And though we can celebrate how much we've achieved, how much of the iceberg is sticking up above the ocean, the reality is we have way more work and when I die, it's it's still going to be the majority underneath the right. ocean. And that's what the movement is all about. Wow. The metrics help us measure how fast and how far of of the how much of the iceberg we've revealed. But the infinite game is understanding that the, that the majority of our work still lies undiscovered. Mm. How can someone overcome that fear of, you know, a classmate laughing about them or saying, oh, that was a dumb question or just something maybe bigger than putting something out on social media and getting attacks or... Or, or whatever it might be, how do people overcome that insecurity? Well, I think, do think we've taken a step back, actually, in in-person communication, mm-hmm. a huge step. Everything now is people are more comfortable in texting and communicating, communicating through social, and then when it comes to in-person, something's completely shifted. You can see people having a harder time communicating in person, and everyone's kind of deviating towards 
typing, texting, or email. It's、right. become the comfort. What's the most、zone. the easiest way to communicate without?、Text. Yeah, exactly. Text is the easiest. Email. So here's the thing: in person is the best way to communicate. By the way, whenever I can speak to somebody in person or sit down and see them, like this,、uh-huh. this, this is where you get、It's、the best. The best is where you get magic, right? Then there's Zoom. Okay. Then there's the phone. Phone is another great way. But when you go to email, you still have to write. You can, but long form sentences you have to write properly. Texting is just a couple of words. Yeah. And. That is where everyone's kind of shifted to gone. It's also the on an、um, when I text or when I post on social, I'm not as it's keyboard courage.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> you wouldn't say it to someone's you face. You never say it to somebody's face. I feel like you should only say things online with what you would say to that person's、yes. face. Otherwise, what are we doing? Yes. If you can't look at somebody and say it, then you shouldn't write it.、Right. But it's the anonymity. That I can write this stuff and then I can take out whatever's going on in my life, out on somebody else, and I can feel brave in that way. But it's such a false way to be brave. What does that do to the person communicating in that way, having that false bravery by saying something strong or powerful or aggressive online, but the unwillingness to do that in person? What does that? Due to that person, you have to check in with yourself and realize it's: Am I being a coward?、Mm. If I can't say something to somebody's face, but I can do it over text, there's something that's missing.、Mm. I think bravery is something that we don't speak about, and courage is something we don't speak about. We don't do it in a very overt way, in a very physical way, in a very engaged way. It's talked about as this like thing. Oh, be brave. Be motivated. Well, where is that? You have to manifest that with your body. You have to do it, and it's doing it in the day-to-day decisions that you make.、Mm-hmm. So, going back to my class, it's interesting. We talk about criminal justice, right? Criminology, and sometimes we'll talk about even being.、Uh, for example, I showed them a video of somebody who fell on these New York City train tracks in New York City, and there were all these people on the platform. One person gets down to go help the person. And so I asked them, "Would you do that?"、Mm, what the majority、say? of the class, no, no, hell no, no, whoa, I'm not going to do that. And I hear that, and I think something is lost there amongst us. When the answer, at least I feel through my belief system again, is that the overwhelming answer should be like, "I would want to help save another human being's life.、Mm-hmm. I would want to help save somebody else." But we've come to this place where it's very much self-preservation. Don't say anything wrong. Don't do the wrong thing,、mm-hmm. right? And attack in a way that's safe and comfortable, or not even attack, but you can disagree. And here's the other amazing thing: I think we don't understand how to disagree. So you can disagree, or you can be competitive. It's something actually that you're taught in interviewing and in、uh, interrogations. Is this? Are you trying to be competitive in interrogation, or so? Just- you, so when I say competitive, I mean that I can disagree with you. In a healthy way,、uh-huh. so you call it competitive dialogue. How does that means, look? If I say, you know, the sky is green today. Okay. Well, tell me why you think the sky is green. It's just, it just looks green. You know, I just see the color. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's a reflection of something, but it's green. It's not blue. Okay. So now, what I would do in that moment is. Ask you why you think of it that、mm. way. Why you see it that way? What is your? You're not disagreeing、system? with me and saying,、no. "Oh, you know, you're an idiot. It's blue." 
Yes. You're not doing that. You're not no. getting like defensive or aggressive. Because that is your value system. Uh-huh. So I may, for example, I have a very strong belief system, fitness and working out. It's mm-hmm. been part of me. But that's my belief system. It is not somebody else's. If I try to impose it to somebody, so for example, when you hear, hear somebody say, I have to lose weight, I have to lose weight, their belief system is not really based upon working out and fitness. So I can turn around and be very direct. And that's being direct with someone is the way you lose people. So what you want to do is you want to always let people talk, even if you don't like what they have to say, even if you don't agree with them. Let them go. Let them explain themselves. What happens when you let someone explain themselves, even when you know they're 100% wrong? You shut up. You shut your mouth. That's like, the, that's like I always say that. That's my, the, it, the gift to any great communicator is this. Yeah. Let them go. Don't correct them. Don't tell them that they're wrong. Just let them be in their world. Now, here's the important thing. One, they're going to say everything they want to say. You're going to understand what their mindset is. And two things happen. One, you can speak now because once somebody's done sharing everything, mm-hmm. now they can hear you. But what you do is you're speaking. I cut you off. I insert myself. You get frustrated. Hey, you're not listening to me. I'm talking. She's dismissing me. And so when I speak, you come, you come back at me. I come back at you. And now we have conflict. And so, mm. for example, when I used to do interviews, I would sit in rooms with people who... When you mean an interview, you mean interrogation. Interrogations. Yeah. <laughs> I use... You know, it's interesting. You call them interviews, though. Interviews and interrogations are the same thing. So what you see in TV, in Law & Order, that you did it, you this, you that, that's garbage, it doesn't work. It does not work. You're... The best confessions I've ever gotten, they've been almost like psychology sessions or conversations uh-huh. where people progressively, over a bit of time give you what we call admissions. A little more, a little more. Yes. So it'll be like, yes, I was there at the house. Oh, yes, I was there at the time. Yes, I saw her or I saw him. Yes, I left upset. Yes, this. Yes, that. And then incrementally, they get to, you get to the confession. Yes, I did it. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, right? Whereas we go straight, most people go straight for the kill. Tell me. And it's because of this lack of patience, this thing that we know everything. And, you know, maybe you are right in that moment, but it's not what you think. It's what the other person thinks, understanding how they think, getting into their head and speaking to them. Mm. So now if we bring this back to what you asked me about, being competitive means I can compete with you in ideas without being it being ugly, without being confrontational mm-hmm. or conflict. But what we've done is we've made conflict a confrontation, right. this very negative thing. We don't want it. When it happens, people lose their minds. I have so many people reach out, especially when I do consulting. How do I, the question's always, how do I avoid confrontation? How do I avoid conflict? Why do you spend so much time avoiding it? Why do you spend so much time avoiding speaking what you, what you want to say, speaking your truth or sharing your ideas? And why can you not present them in a way mm. where there is disagreement there is competitiveness. I compete, you compete. No, the sky's green. Well, I see it this way. Oh, right. I see it blue. But why do you see it this way? And you have that dialogue. But it's not an aggressive competitiveness. It's a it's an it's an open dialogue. It's not me being a jerk to show you how smart I am. Yeah. And it's not me shutting you down. And it's not me having an attachment to the end result. Mm-hmm. Me being right and me showing you how right I am. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.